Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nhte.net. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from New York City, my guest is a member of the rock alternative indie British American band The Killing Floor, playing bass and providing lead vocals. The band last month released a four-song EP entitled Tongue Tied, having previously done a full 11-song self-titled album prior to that. The band showcased at this year's South by Southwest, they will perform at Indie Week Europe in Manchester, UK in October as winners of Indie Week Canada, where they received first place best band honors at the Toronto Festival. You have been hearing a song of theirs entitled Backs Against the Wall. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Marco Argiro. Hey, Bruce. Hi, everybody. Hey, listeners. How's it going? Hey, Marco. Welcome. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, it's really good to be here in the virtual world. <laughs> well, let's start off by having you tell the listeners all about the song that was just playing. A song, by the way, that I really liked when I when it got sent to me, uh, called Backs Against the Wall. Yeah, I mean, that, that came about pretty early on in the pre-production for this record. And uh, it's basically, in short, about you know not not letting people get you down and not letting people tell you you can't do what you want to do and what you believe in and you know your goals and your dreams and basically not to give up and keep on fighting for what you believe in whatever that may be (laughs) well said um let's hold on to uh i I was going to ask you a question about um who wrote it or or who in the band does the uh, songwriting but let's let's put that on hold for a minute um listeners you you heard me say a, a british american band and uh, Marco will explain shortly why I said that. But uh, the the British invasion is real as it relates to this show. Back on episode 98, my guest was singer-songwriter Luke Potter checking in from London. Episode 116 was Chris James from the group The Scheme. Uh, another Brit, Tony Clark, was the guest on episode 128. He does country music over there. And then three weeks ago on episode 134, I talked with singer-songwriter Lily Lambert, who is from England but now lives in the States, uh, singing with a British accent, mind you. (laughs) But Marco, on episode 129, I interviewed Tony Michaelitis, who now lives here in Florida but spent years and years in the UK working with some of the biggest names in the business, including U2, and Mm. even having been the publicist for one of David Bowie's tours. So tell the listeners about how The Killing Floor came together 
and why David Bowie's name comes up in that conversation. Well, uh, we're as you may have noticed, we're a geographically challenged rock and roll group, <laughs> and uh, but we make it work to our advantage. Um, in the case of us meeting, it was uh, they were the Alberici brothers and their formative band um, were over here in New York making a record, and my previous band was also making a record, and our our studio time basically crossed paths, and we were introduced through the producer who had actually. Um, not only been a part of David Bowie's live outfit uh, as a bass player and guitar player, and at some points music director, hmm. he also uh, produced a couple records for Bowie in, in the later years, um, and just was pretty much the glue that um, introduced us together and got the ball rolling for the band. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I am blessed to have... This show has gotten listeners from 121 countries around the world, which means that there are people who obviously are listening to this episode because they know who the killing floor is. But for those, especially in a lot of those far reaches of the world that are just being introduced to the killing floor. So talk about who the other members of the band are and, and what each guy does in the band. And then, like I said, um, about, about the songwriting. Yeah, of course. Um, well, like you said, I, I'm Marco Argiro and I play the bass and sing. Um, the Alberici brothers are Oliver Alberici on rhythm guitar and backing vocals. Um, his brother Mark Alberici on lead guitar, also backing vocals. And uh, Ricky Music is uh, our drummer. And uh, yeah, we all kind of, it depends on the song, but uh, in the beginning of the band, it was just the brothers writing the beginnings of the band's songs. Um, and then when I got involved, I brought my own songs to the table and then we started collaborating. And that's really where the band started to gel and... Um, Oliver and I take most of the lyrical cues, and we, we write most of those. Mark and, and his brother do the, the music, and then we bring it to the band, and everybody puts their spin on it and adds a little sprinkle of magic dust on it, and it becomes a TKF <laughs> tune, you know? Uh, just talk about yourself. You, you said you know what, what you bring to the band. So, so were you already kind of uh, solo act Marco Argiro? Were you in another band? Have you always been a songwriter? Um, just some background on, on you personally. Yeah, well, actually, I uh, honestly, I, I grew up down in Florida. I don't know if you even knew that, oh, but I grew wow. up, I actually, I'm a Florida native originally down in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, I've been playing in punk rock bands since I was, I don't know, 12 or 13 years old and touring up and down the East Coast, um, obviously starting with Florida. And and that was a, a trio band that I uh, that I wrote for and I played with starting off and then went to college and started playing in other rock groups and I guess the in-between, when I didn't have the band in those interim moments, that's when I began focusing on my songwriting and actually being a singer-songwriter. And that's when I started traveling to places like New York and Los Angeles and subsequently uh, the UK. So I, before I even met these guys, the Alberici brothers, or as I like to call them, the flying Alberici brothers, <laughs> I, uh, I was traveling over to the UK because I knew, I knew that was a place where a lot of the music that I loved and you know, looked up to a lot of the artists and bands and songwriters had come from. So I wanted to follow in their footsteps and go see what it was all about. And so I flew across the pond and started making music over there and as a so solo songwriter and, and then also brought over my previous pop punk band, uh, our power pop band, uh, La Mood. And um, yeah, met those guys um, back in New York, but then really got the relationship going down in London. I went to their studio and that's where the first seeds were sown for the killing floor. They had me, they bought me a train ticket to come down after a show that I'd performed in Brighton. Wow. They bought, they bought me a ticket to come down and we, uh, 
had a few pints and a few spliffs, <laughs> and next thing you know, uh, recording magic. And that, was that first record was pretty much half written at that point. Um, boy, follow-up questions coming in faster than I can keep up with them. So let's see how, how well my, my short-term memory is here. So, you got this, Bruce. You got this, Bruce. All right. I, I appreciate the encouragement. So for openers, how did you end up in New York? Uh, because you mentioned I went to, I, I was here in Florida and I went to LA, I went to New York, I went to London, and now we know here you are in, in, in Brooklyn specifically. Yep. So how, how did you come to actually take up residence there, take up roots there? Well, besides the, the influence from the, from the British invasion bands and, and everybody over on that side of the world, um, the, a lot of the bands that I grew up listening to came from New York, a la the Ramones and the New York Dolls and the blondie and except television etc but the ramones were like the, my the creme de la creme for me. so so i kind of wanted to go where they came from and you know they were in queens wow. and yeah i went to the city i had some family living here and i figured new york was would be a good jumping off spot to travel and see the world and for me to get around that would be the perfect hub and i figured i could meet the best some of the best musicians and meet the contacts because I had already done everything I, I thought I could do at the time in Florida. And as much as I love it, I wanted more and mm-hmm. I wanted to see more culture and I wanted to go where the action was. So. I like this because, you know, we've talked and, and listeners, those of you who are regular listeners, thank you. Uh, but you also know that we talk a lot on this show about people who up and moved to Nashville. So it's nice mm-hmm. to hear someone who up and moved to New York. And, and I and I get it. You know, you did mention that you had some family there. And, and obviously, it is very much uh, to say it's a hub is, is kind of putting it mildly. I think, you know, all flights go <laughs> in and out of and through New York. Um, but when you mentioned going to going across the pond as they like to say it it sounded very whimsical and to me you know if someone is is in say uh Oklahoma and decides I'm going to go to Nashville and see what it's like and eh, you know no big deal you could drive there you know whatever it doesn't work out you you just go back to Oklahoma but to all of a sudden say I'm going to go to the UK um you know was it was it kind of you you got there Marco and you went and Oh my gosh! What am I doing? Where, where where do I go now? Or or had you kind of mapped out some kind of plan of yes, I'm going to go there, and here's what I'm going to do once I arrive. Well, it's obviously a really expensive country, and not unlike uh, New York, the city that we I live in. But um, I think for me, it was about just getting over there. And I, as far as mapping it out, I didn't I didn't um, go over there as a full band first because that would be far too expensive. I wanted to just kind of get my feet wet and test test the market a little bit. So I started, I've always like booked my own stuff. So I booked a, a solo tour of uh, acoustic shows uh, over there. Okay. So it was a little bit less. I could sneak through customs a lot easier. I could get through with an acoustic guitar and, you know, I'm just going yeah. to visit family, that kind of thing and come through and uh, play my songs and see if it, see if it was something that I wanted to focus on. And it definitely was. I had nothing but great responses from Soho down to Brighton, you know, and up in Liverpool and Manchester and, I've still got some of these fans to this day that come up, uh, come out and show up for our shows, whether wow. it be the Killing Floor or my solo shows from those early days. And so I've That's just kept great. going over there. I love it. It's a second home for me. I've, I've learned great. a lot, learned a lot, and soaked up a lot. Yeah. That. So it wasn't, uh, you know, I mentioned that list of, of British guests that have been on in, in a few weeks ago, episode 134, Lily Lambert. I said she's from England, but now she lives in the States. She said that she lived over there and she came, yes, to New York and got there and fell in love with it and said, you know what? I'm not going home. Um, and, you know, and my, my 
reaction was one of shock and, and said, you know, did you literally just stay here and you didn't go back or send for your things or what? And so that's kind of what I was picturing is for you to say, ah, I think I'm going to go over to the UK and check out the music scene over there. And you show up and you go, oh boy, what did I just do? But it sounds like you were very strategic about it, that it it was sort of uh, veiled as, as a business trip because you said, I'll go play some solo shows. I'm not just going over there to say, hmm, I'm going to look around and boy, I hope I can figure things out pretty quickly. Yeah. No, it was, I mean, we relied, I mean, I relied a lot on um, friendships and contacts that I've made, whether it be here in New York or, like I said, L.A. or Florida. And I had a little bit of a slight advantage. I, my, my sister had married a Brit. And so his brother, my, so my brother-in-law's brother was living in London. And it gave me the advantage, where I, whereas I had a place to crash in the city in London, whereas I wouldn't typically, if I'd gone over there, been able to afford something in London and and I had somebody showing me around a little bit and again, keeping in touch with old friends and people that I'd met from living in New York. So when it came time to plan and go over there, I had some contacts and some people in my corner that helped me out in the early days gotcha. you know, all, well, all over the country. And then, yeah, fast forward, the Killing Floor Brothers, obviously their family was really great and took me in, you know, after I'd already been going to the UK for about two years. So it just felt like a natural progression and evolution of my career in the UK. Yeah. And that's another great testimony to the, to the value of contacts, because then you can go across the pond and say, I, I already know people there. It's, you know, it's really not that big a deal. Um, yeah. Marco, congrats uh, on the new EP. As I mentioned in the intro, it's called Tongue Tied. It was released last month. Uh, we're going to hear another song from it at the end of today's show. But initially, talk about the EP from the standpoint of the band having been at studios in England as well as here in the U.S., uh, in Nashville and New York City, writing and recording for it. Yeah, we um, we had made... We had made attempts at doing the record in various studios here in Brooklyn, over in Nashville, even in um, and down in London. Um, but after, let's just say that all became the pre-production for what would be this EP and also the full length. Um, but we uh, we just we were never really a hundred percent happy with what we were getting the outcome. We 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 knew the songs were strong and we knew our performances were strong, but we hadn't quite captured exactly the vibe that we were looking for mm. that we were, that we were conveying from the live show. So we ended up um, working with this producer, a Welsh producer named Jez Walton, who just came from, um, he's done a lot of big British rock bands and had that attitude. And he, he helped us get the right sound for us. He understood us as a band and he helped push, push us and everybody in the band with the killing floor uh the brothers and i are all producers in our own right so it was nice to kind of like hand the reins over a little bit and have somebody that was objective on the outside and really like whip us into shape and kind of trim elements of fat that may have still been lingering uh, on previous versions of our songs so we, yeah, we got the sound and uh as far as the ep goes um we just really wanted to get some of these songs out it had been a little bit of time since our first record and we'd put out a few small independent tour only EPs like limited edition things, but we wanted to get something up on iTunes and for the fans that have been waiting and uh, kind of a taste of what the record's going to be. That's basically what tongue Tide's about. And tongue Tide is actually a line from one of the songs from the, uh, from the EP called high. And uh, so when in doubt, just pull a line from the song and name it. <laughs> There's no real significance other than that. Uh, but, but, but yeah. you know, on, on that note though, I do, strive every week to try to give some content from the show that 
can be taken away by listeners who are up and comers themselves, who are artists, who are singers, songwriters, entertainers. So I wonder, uh, just talk a little bit more about this idea of, you know, what what is your advice, Marco? If if somebody does go into a studio and they say, you know, gee, my performance is great, but you know, there's just something not right. I'm not, I'm not ready to release this. I'm not happy with it. Obviously it's, it's either going to be the studio or it's going to be the producer. Uh, it's uh, it's, there's two different ways of looking at it. I mean, in our case, like we didn't want to, we'd already waited so long and, and making sure that everything was right and everything lined up perfectly. Timing is everything. Um, so for us, in our case, it was about making sure that we didn't put something out that we weren't a hundred percent confident and about and proud of. And I think a lot of people should follow that way, but then there also is the other way of looking at it where, you know what, you have to just record and try things out and try working with different people. I always say it's good to uh, keep experimenting with sounds and people that you're working with until you find somebody that you're really comfortable that understands you as a band or you as an artist solo or band and, and then helps you, uh, get that and achieve your sonic dreams or your sonic goals, you know, cause you're, you have to be comfortable with the person that you're trusting to uh, get the sound right. It's all about the sound. Nice. Nice. And the, the song, obviously. Sure. Sure. Uh, it had been a lot of time between the killing floors debut album, a self-titled and this new EP yet. Now, do I understand that already there's going to be no, more new music from the killing floor, uh, anti-social media, this is true. Yeah, that's the uh, culmination of the what we've been doing uh, out on the road for the last couple of years. You know, all the tours, all the studio sessions and all the life experiences and people we've met. We've uh, we've taken it all in and we've written tons and tons of songs. And these are the core the best songs that we we think we have and our producer thought we had. So we're ready to share that in, in the fall. So was it a business strategy? What, what, what was the reason why you decided, well, let's go ahead and, and put out this EP right now, Tongue Tied, four songs, even though we know that very soon behind it is going to be a full-length album. What, what was the reason why you did it that way instead of just waiting and putting everything out all at once as a full album? Well, we, we considered that, Bruce, but it, it was all about the fans, and we really wanted to give them what they wanted. And to be honest, we also had a bunch of opportunities, uh, touring and festivals, where it would be a disservice to the fans uh, to not have, you know, I hate to use the word product, but, you know, when you play a show and somebody's never seen you before and they want to come up and get a record, you know, there's one part of you that wants to be like, oh, just hold on, the full length will be a few more months, you know, yeah. or we can have this little limited edition run of physical copies for say when we just played the warp tour, we were in Las Vegas and we wanted to make sure we had merchandise. So the EP was great that we had that ready to go. And also this previous, the tongue tied tour that we had done uh, in the UK uh, just a few weeks back, um, we wanted to have stuff. So we, you know, have our stickers and we have our EPs and we have our t-shirts and you just want to have something that the fans can walk away with if they uh, are interested and inclined to to purchase the record. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Uh, something about that is, is reminding me of, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And this is, this is me having to tap into that useless, uh, bank of knowledge that I have between my ears that has all this trivial stuff about past episodes of the show. But I think it was Karen Waldrup. I want to say in her second appearance on the show, um, when she talked about the fact that, uh, Indeed, I'm, I'm putting my finger on it now. Um, her quote was, I think people want a fresh show. If you play a show in Memphis and you come back three months later and you don't have any new material, 
your fans, they're still going to believe in you. They're still going to support you. They're still going to buy the record. But if you do it again and you have no new music again, it just starts to kind of get a little stale. The show starts to seem the same. It doesn't seem like you're really growing, end quote. So it's kind of it's kind of what you were just saying there of, you know, hey, everybody keeps showing up to our performances uh, and listen to us play the same songs. It's just sit tight and hold on and eventually we'll have a full length brand new album for you. And, you know, you decided that, okay, you know, we're, we're going to give them something to, to tide them over instead of asking for their patience. So, um, you know, not, not entirely different from, uh, from what Karen Waldrop had said. And, and that's, uh, episode 88, by the way, listeners, if you want to go back and listen to her say that in her own sweet voice, uh, episode mm. 88 with Karen Waldrop. In the meantime, I am Bruce Warzniak and joining me today on the now hear this entertainment guest line from New York city is bass player and singer Marco Argiro from the band, the killing floor. Check out their official website at www.tkfmusic.com. Obviously, it stands for The Killing Floor, tkfmusic.com. And wow, these guys are all over social media. When you get to the band's website, you'll find links to their Facebook page, their Twitter, Instagram, their official YouTube channel. They're even on Reverb Nation. Be sure to purchase their music, of course, which is available on iTunes. You can also find their music on SoundCloud, which is one of the platforms that this show is available on. And be sure to keep up with The Killing Floor online to see where and when you can go see them perform live. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net, as in now hear this entertainment, nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we have there the full audio plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. That's how I was able to just read you what Karen Waldrop said. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it so easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by following on SoundCloud. We're thrilled to be on Google Play Music too. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you. And please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. I've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. I just mentioned Karen Waldrop from episode 88 and earlier mentioned some of the British guests. Episode 98, Luke Potter. Episode 116, Chris James from the group The Scheme. Tony Clark on episode 128, and Lily Lambert on episode 134, and of course, Tony Michaelitis on episode 129. As always, many thanks, of course, to those who are not first-time listeners. I very much appreciate your time and your interest and support. And by the way, whether you're going to look for The Killing Floors music and or other music, books, whatever, go to nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner to get there so that you can help this show in the process of buying whatever it is that you need from Amazon. Marco, we were talking about anti-social media. The band has a pledge music campaign going for that. How has that been going? And tell the listeners about some of the cool perks that I'm seeing on that page that they can get for donating. Yeah, we uh, we wanted to find a, a clever way to get this new music out to people, but also involve people in the making of it much. So for us, we strategized and decided, why don't we do this cool mosaic front cover where everybody who pre-orders the record, whether it's on LP vinyl or on CD, they can in, in turn purchase a little square making up the mosaic of the front cover. So it'll basically look like a, a collage of all these different people from all around the world who are our fans, 
um, supporting us, and um, we're we're well on our way to finishing. Uh, I think we're I think we're somewhere around like seventy percent filled on that front cover. So we really want people to uh, submit their original photos or drawings or pictures of their dogs or cats, or <laughs> moms or dads, whatever. But uh, yeah, th- that's one of the perks. Um, we have various bundles of. Uh, shirts and posters and we'll even come play in your uh i think there's one on there where we'll come play your hometown and play your your house party or we'll we have various other perks on there but pledge music pledge music has been great for us and been a big support and it's how we're uh, doing the pre-orders for the album so we wanted we wanted to involve the fans and here we are and we're really happy to be working with that company i i love the idea of the fans pictures being on there that's uh, to to use a word that i know that the brits use a lot that's brilliant I, yeah. I, I love that. I love that idea. And I also notice I'm I'm looking at the Pledge Music page right now that the Killing Floor has for this project, as the Brits would also say. You're gonna do mm-hmm. you're gonna do some copies of of anti social media on vinyl. I see. Yes, sir. Always, always. Yeah, that's we're we're big uh, enthusiasts of uh, the format, and we love it. And our our label, Outright Rock Records, is uh, always puts out beautiful LPs, and we put a lot of pride into the packaging there. So. It'd be nice to have all everybody included in that packaging. You know, the fans will be literally a piece of the record. Yeah, and, and the I, album. And I wanted to compliment you because you know this this interview, listeners, uh, was set up by the agency that that represents the Killing Floor, and and so Marco just referenced that they are obviously signed to a record label, and so for someone like Marco to come on the show and be as well versed in these things that that he that we're talking about to be able to say that yes i'm familiar with not only the pledge music campaign but some of the different elements of it that we're doing uh hats off to you marco because you know some people could just come on and say look just ask me about the music itself and the tour and i'd like to hang up <laughs> exactly or, or as the brits would say oh get on with it bruce come on mate. get on with it bruce <laughs> i don't have all day i'm, I'm gasping See, I'm see, I'm politely saying, as the Brits would say, you can do what you just did, you know, because because you're boys with with those with those folks. So That's true. I, I, I won't take those those kind of liberties. That's all right. <laughs> okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment, where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is networking is all about forming relationships. It's not about selling. Don't aim to see how many business cards and CDs you can give out. Just be a listener. This even applies with going to perform at a festival. There are people there you can meet and listen to away from the stage, telling stories that you can pull lessons from. If a connection is made and you put in your time, the benefits will come. The aim is not to hit a home run in your first at-bat. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful? There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show. To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format, there is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1 and a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 2 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40 and 41 to 80, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. 
I mentioned um, when I was giving the website address and all the various social media, I mentioned your band's YouTube channel. Check this out, listeners. The Killing Floor shot their first music video with legendary Hollywood director Joel Schumacher. How cool is that? His film credits include The Lost Boys, Batman Forever, which is a stinking awesome movie, A Time to Kill, and Flatliners. And by the way, this was a video for a song that was featured in MTV shows like Road Rules Challenge, The Real World, and Best Inc., and it, the song even received heavy rotation on U.S. radio. Marco, talk first about that opportunity to have worked with Joel Schumacher. But I'm, I'm also curious if, if you know how the band got the opportunity to work with him. I, I do, actually, because uh, I was the one who um, kind of made that happen. Wow. He, I, had met, I had met him in, in New York um, through some mutual friends and... I, you know, every now and again, when you meet, you never know who you're going to meet in these major cities. And I, uh, I had handed him a demo of, uh, my music and the killing floors music. And he was a fan. And I was always hoping that maybe he would, um, maybe put one of our songs in a future film or something. And at a, one of these parties, one night, he actually himself and Joel Schumacher is like, how about I just make a video for you instead or whatever. And we're like, wow. uh, yes. Okay. Wow. And, and you know, a lot of times you hear a lot of fluff from people and, you can meet people and they'll tell you they're going to do this and that for you. So you always have to be kind of weary. But in this case, Joel was uh, seemed pretty sincere. So when it came time to um, planning that video for Star Baby, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm going to call I'm going to call him. You know, why not? So oh, I was like, okay, watch this. Okay. And, I, and I, call, I cold called him. I was like, hey, Joel, you remember that time you uh, you wanted to make a video for us? Well, uh, we're ready to produce the video now. So can we can we count on you? And he was nothing short of an amazing beautiful wow. man and wow. so helpful and supportive and waived his big hollywood fee and <laughs> you know he did it for nothing because he believes in the no band kidding. and believed in us and yeah he's just a sweetheart no he couldn't have been nice and he was just telling you briefly about that day which is magical um i helped produce the video shoot with some good friends uh and our old management company and uh, here in brooklyn actually and he came on set and just lit it up for everybody everybody was so in awe of this you know he's just a master of his art and his craft and he couldn't have been a sweeter person he was he took time to speak with everybody he wasn't pretentious he was he's he's exactly what you want out of like your film making heroes you know wow what a what a truly delightful story that is that's 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 amazing though because and and i'm glad that you went to the depths that you did number one because i am a very detail-oriented person and i would have asked a few follow-up questions but you you covered what they were and number two again for those up-and-comers who are listening that are saying please give me a break it's a one in a million chance i'm i'm never going to get the opportunity for someone like that to do something like that for me marco's here to say yes you are this is this is how it happened you you met him at a party i take it that he must have given you a card that's that's how you were able to call him up later on yeah, it was uh was it a card? No, I think it was just a uh, let me uh, put your number in my cell phone situation. So yeah. always either keep always keep a pen and paper or be really uh, trigger happy with that iPhone so you can like <laughs> jot it down. You don't want to waste the man's time. So. Yeah. Wow, that's that's fantastic. What a, what a great story and I'm, and I'm just it does my heart good to hear stories like this when when an artist gets to work with someone of that stature and the and the person of that stature ends up being just a great great human being. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I'll I'll leave you with uh, one other little anecdote about sure, that please. as well. Was uh, we were on our, our first label at the time, which I'm not even going to mention their name because they're not worth it at all, and they're not very nice people. So um, <laughs> I'll, I'll just say Brand X record label um, 
had given us this budget to make the, sh- the video for Star Baby, and we had gotten Joel Schumacher involved, and everybody was so fired up in our camp, and everybody was ready to go. And they actually dropped the ball like a week before the shoot, or two weeks before the shoot. Oh, no. And which would have led any other band to say, oh, man, sorry, Joel, we can't afford it. We can't do the video. But when you have an opportunity like that, and you you dream it up and you really manifest that destiny and you want to do it, do not give up and do not let somebody tell you that it's not worth it or it's not going to do anything for you because we didn't listen to that silly, feeble-minded record label. And we did it on our own terms. We did a Kickstarter and we raised the funds that we needed for the production and we made it happen. And we're talking about it today here on Now Hear This. So I'm living proof. Awesome. To uh, not give up on your dream. I love it, and and uh, listeners, if that doesn't drive you to the YouTube channel to look up Star Baby, then then I don't know what will. Um, then I mentioned about the song having gotten placed in a few MTV shows. For the benefit of those same listeners who are up and coming artists, are you able to speak, Marco, to how those placements came to be? Yeah, I mean, you can. There's various outlets for. Um, licensing um some some that you can find online and there's services that you can you know get into their database and it's basically done on um keywords or lyrics i mean it's all it could be a case of who you know whether you met somebody that knows somebody or you know you got friendly with uh, one of the music supervisors or something like that in our case we kind of like spread our chips far and wide and we did a good job of uh, just signing little non-exclusive deals with a couple boutique agencies around um, around New York and in England. And yeah, and just like when they when they needed the song, you know, you got to keep a, it's a two way street. So you got to like keep feeding them new music and then also give them the ammunition that they need in order to yeah. pitch pitch yeah. your song. You know, tell them what the song's about. Tell them make sure you make sure you, you know, your lyrics and you can get them a copy of the lyrics and you can tell them give give them ways to sell it to uh the networks and whatnot so. yeah nice nice let's uh let's talk about some live performance stuff here a bit I, I mentioned in the intro that the killing floor were winners of indie week canada where you received first place best band honors can you tell the listeners about that event maybe you know the size of it the format maybe what the i'll, I'll say judging was that that ended up with your band coming in first place yeah, well, we, um, you know, for, for Canada, it was a, another one of the cases, not unlike um, when we set our sights on, or I set my sights on going over and branching out to the UK. Like, Canada is a huge music market, and they, they love rock and roll over there. So the band and I have been going over there pretty consistently for the last few years. And uh, we got involved with um, the Indie Week Festival people. Daryl and always, has always been really kind to us. And we showcased. It was just, it wasn't like, oh, let's go there and win a contest every year it was always just like let's go over there and play some rock shows and play for real music fans and in mm. toronto is where that takes place and so we've done it a few years and always just done it as a, a promotional tool but in this case oh and also a good time but in this case <laughs> we we slayed it and we uh, we did really well we never think you never think you're gonna win you don't we're not really the band that's doing battle of the bands or nothing but yep. you never know and look what happened now uh those guys are bringing us over to europe again for their uh, the European the one in Manchester that's coming up and they they've been very kind to us and supportive since day one so it was just an opportunity to um, branch out into the Canadian market very cool you must have uh, quite a number of frequent flyer miles between mentioning cities like Nashville New York Toronto and obviously the travels to Europe and oh, yeah. uh, especially the the back and forth for you the the other guys in the band are already over there but um, that's uh, that's a lot of time that you spend in the sky it sounds like. 
Yeah, definitely uh, rack those miles up and definitely get your, if you have to spend money, um, I recommend getting one of those like for the younger bands. When your time's right and you need a credit card, get the credit card that has like Delta or the Virgin or whatever, the one that makes sense for you. But if you're going to spend money, you might as well get some points to, uh, you know, take some, some money off of like your future flights. Cool. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from New York City is bass player and singer Marco Argiro from the band The Killing Floor. Do check out their official website. It's www.tkfmusic.com. It stands for The Killing Floor, tkfmusic.com. And they are all over social media, as I mentioned before. When you get to their website, you will find links at the bottom to their Facebook page, their Twitter, their Instagram, the official YouTube channel that we were just talking about. They are on Reverb Nation also. And be sure to purchase their music, of course, which is available on iTunes. You can also find their music on SoundCloud, which is one of the platforms that the show is available on. And be sure to keep up with The Killing Floor online to see where and when you could go see them perform live and obviously to stay in touch with them as far as anti-social media and its official release date and other information surrounding that. And of course, the Pledge Music campaign as well. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net as in now hear this entertainment, nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we have on nhte.net the full audio plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free. It makes it very easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by, they call it, following on SoundCloud. We're thrilled to be on Google Play Music, too. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. As I mentioned before, if you're a new listener to the show, thank you. Please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. I've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. I usually recommend that you start with episode 101, where we did a best of Uh, some of the first 100 shows. And as always, many, many thanks, of course, to those who are not first-time listeners. I very much appreciate your time and your interest and support. And as I mentioned earlier, whether you're going to look for The Killing Floors music and or other music, books, whatever, go to nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner to get there so that you can help this show in the process of buying whatever it is that you need from Amazon. Uh, Marco, another live performance topic. The Killing Floor has performed... Uh, here's here's another location, Texas, uh, South hmm. by Southwest on multiple occasions. Since that event is so well known, what has been your experience? Maybe your thoughts on that event? Well, we we always like getting down to Austin. Austin's a, a great great town, great city, and the music scene's very vibrant. And you know the festivals changed since we started playing it, and um, but it's always a good time. I, I'd say uh, advice um, definitely have you know stuff to give away like some swag stuff flyers and it's always good to have business cards and you know in this in our last case we had flash drives made which was a really cool idea so we're not like burdening people's skinny jeans with massive compact discs or vinyl you know it was just kind of easy to hand off to industry people little flash yeah, drives yeah, flash you know. drives with with the killing floors music yeah, preloaded exactly. on it uh-huh. exactly, nice. exactly thank you for specifying that i uh I, I tend to forget that sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, like very, you know, just being prepared for a festival, you want to maximize your efforts. Um, I always um, try to get the guys and I to attend, you know, some of the panels and, you know, go there and learn something. Just don't go there just to get, I don't know. Can you curse on this show? 
Sure, I'll just mark uh, it as explicit on iTunes. Oh, so you, know, you, don't, <laughs> no, I'm saying, you don't want to go exactly. You don't want to go that. No, I can, I can, I can uh, censor myself. Okay. But but you don't want to go down there and uh, you know just get wasted the whole time and waste all your time. You want to really maximize your efforts as a group and you know form a, a bond together. Go around and meet people and network and definitely uh, don't sleep in and miss everything and just go out <laughs> at night because. All the industries hammered at that point in the night, anyways, and not, they're not half the time they're not going to remember seeing your set. Mm, so wow. you want you want to get to catch them, you know, at the convention center and go and actually utilize the badge. You know, you if you were lucky enough to get accepted, definitely take advantage of it and you know go out there and meet people, shake hands, kiss babies. That really, kind of really good advice. I like that. Uh, one other cool live performance at the Killing Floor did was the Vans Warp Tour last month at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. That was, inc- that was incredible. I mean, for, for me, especially, I, I've been going to that Warp Tour since I was a kid back in Florida, down in Miami and in West Palm Beach and seen had so many amazing memories so when we had the opportunity um through ernie ball to be a part of the this year's warp tour it was just like a no-brainer of course we're doing it and we were lucky enough to uh play the main stage and that actually mm. came about that came about directly from our south by southwest um ah. show, show, showcase that we did it definitely helped our case and wow. you know i mean I know, I know we were voted in to play it by the fans as well but it definitely uh it was all the stars aligned and, and warp tour was just genius. It was such a, such a good experience. And it felt like a bit like a time warp because we're playing <laughs> and then it's real big fish and newfound glory and yellow card, all these bands from you know years ago, all on the stage. And it was just nice to play the big stage and, and be a part of the, the show. And Holy smokes. It was 115 degrees oh, on, on wow. stage. Yeah. And I don't care. Wow. I don't care if you're from Florida. I don't care if you're from Portugal. I mean, hot is hot. And my, <laughs> my leather, my boots, because of course you're not going to wear, t- I mean, for me, I'm, I'm, I like to consider myself a bit of a stylish guy. Uh, I'm going to wear my boots anyways with my pants and or my jeans and my leather boots were melting to the stage. Oh. Like for, I, at one point the sole was literally like peeling off the bottom of my shoes because wow. of the heat. It was pretty wild. Wow. But, yeah, don't yeah. Uh, don't get don't give me any of this. But it's a dry heat. It's 115 degrees. <laughs> oh man, yeah, exactly. It was really really hot, but wow. such a such a great experience. And again, Ernie Ball was amazing to us, and that kind of set us off for that rest of the West Coast run that we did. We played Joshua Tree, and then we played Los Angeles, and it was just a great experience. And we we look forward to more. Well, you mentioned some other band names there, and, and coincidentally, I did want to bring up The Killing Floor's music has been compared to the likes of Muse, Led Zeppelin, Foo Fighters, and Nirvana. I wonder, do you agree with that? Are you are you flattered, or is it just more a case of I don't I don't pay attention to that kind of stuff, Bruce? We just put our heads down and try to make great great you know make great music and keep pushing forward. Well, Bruce, that's true. That is true. We do do that. That is kind of our mantra. But, uh, you know, when you do these interviews and you talk to people or you talk to people who haven't heard you yet and they ask to describe, you often you try to throw out some of your influences. And yes, like Led Zeppelin is definitely like rock gods. And, you know, I mentioned the Ramones before and Muse and we like all those bands. So we try to soak up as much as we can of good music, good songs, good live performances, people that actually play their instruments and not relying on tracks and uh, so we definitely uh, we can stand behind that uh, category, and you know what we did? It was we found a clever little way um, a couple of years ago of explaining in one short, long sentence actually how to describe <laughs> the band. We're we're like 
oh, what do you guys sound like, for example? Oh, we're kind of like the queens of the Led Vana Fusi DC experience. <laughs> so we combined all of them into a shorter way. Like, I like let's it. say that again. Queens like of the Led Vana Fusi DC experience. That, <laughs> I felt that that encompassed all of the, the rock that it was necessary to convey. The Copy, killing floor sound. <laughs> copyright 2016 the killing floor by the exactly. way <laughs> exactly uh good stuff marco we're going to close today with another song by the killing floor one called corruption capital so before we let you go tell the listeners all about this song if you would please sure uh it you know it definitely comes from a bunch of angst and some anger and some frustration with greedy greedy governments whether it be here or there or over there i'm not going to specify you know i mean but there's a lot of greedy people out there at the banks, and uh, we had had enough, and we felt that was kind of our way of, you know, it's the modern-day prote- folk protest song in form of power <laughs> rock song, you know? <laughs> Corruption Capital. It's, uh, it's what we want to convey to the kids. You know, they need to know. Open up your eyes, open up your ears, and think for yourselves and see what's going on. Form your own opinions. Awesome. Marco, thanks so much. Really enjoyed this and uh, glad that we took the time and and got together. I appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Likewise, Bruce. It's always nice to meet a fellow Florida man and not (laughs) not just one eating the faces off people like a zombie or, or, you know, the bath salts and whatnot. It's nice to to meet a a fellow Floridian who's doing things right. So thank you for having us. Now hear this. Thanks you. And now here, this is uh, doing some cool stuff. So thank you. Thank you very much. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to bass player and singer Marco Argiro from the band The Killing Floors. Do check out their website. It's www.tkfmusic.com and then engage with them on social media. So that means like their Facebook page, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to their YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell them you heard Marco and the band's music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that they are also on platforms like Reverb Nation and SoundCloud. And of course, do purchase their music, which you can find on iTunes. There's a link on the homepage of the band's website. And keep up with The Killing Floors online for updates on the new record, anti-social media, as well as dates and locations for where and when you can go see them perform live. And of course, don't forget that they do have the campaign currently going on pledgemusic.com. Don't forget to visit www.nhte.net and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and They call sharing repost episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud. Let's get your feedback on the show, too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter, and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nhte.net. Plus, there's a link there to this show on Instagram, or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nhte.net. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online on their website at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from The Killing Floors. This is the one Marco just talked about. It's called Corruption Capital.